Warning, this episode contains foul language and shocking spoilers for the movie Titanic. podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. On each episode, we sit down and talk about something weird. I'm Ashley, and this is my co-host, Lauren. Hey, weirdos. Today, we're doing a new segment of the show called Ask a Weirdo. The listeners send in questions asking for advice, and we attempt to answer them. Uh, but before we get started, I suppose we have to say we're not experts. Nope, not even a little bit. <laughs> and the advice that we give is from our own personal experience and mostly for funsies. Yes. We don't know what we're talking about. Please take everything with a grain of salt. Grain of salt. We could not be more unqualified. Grain of salt, grain of pan. Pan? Grain of okay, pan. here's the deal. Grain here's of Here's what's happening. I was suffering from allergies earlier, and I took some Benadryl, and I took two And I should have taken one, and also I shouldn't have taken it as it is expired. But it expired last November. I just want everyone to know. And Ashley still took it. And I am like in a cloud. I am not on. I am not of this earth. I mean, Benadryl can knock you out. And I mean, I guess if it's expired, you think potency could be low. I can probably take two. But yeah, you might have I some high I literally wasn't thinking. Shit. I never take two Benadryl. I was just like, my eyes were swollen shut and I was sneezing and we were about to go to the bank. So I was, I just popped them. And like, as soon as I did, I was like, oh, I should have only taken one. And like, I'm progressively getting sleepier and sleepier and sleepier. Yeah, we're going to hit mid episode and Ash is going to be asleep. Gonna we're be already counting fast. on it. So this may actually just be Lauren this episode, you guys. Sorry about it. You have to live with me because my partner's going to be unconscious. I'm going to be snoring. Um, it's just it's just us today. I know, and Yay. it was just us last week. It's yeah. been really fun. It's been really good. It's been really relaxed. We've got our coffee. We've got Beyonce apparently. Beyonce. Was that Beyonce? Oh, no, no. I guess it kind of was. I don't even know what I was going for. But yeah, I am actually so kicked back right now with yep. my legs on the table. Feet on the table. Acting like a lazy asshole, but it feels great. It feels so good. Actually, no, it doesn't. It's so hot in the valley today, and True. we turn our AC off. It's hella hot. It's not bad. It's Yet. just like you can tell that there's zero airflow in this apartment. It kind of just and feels And by the still. end of this episode... Sweatsville. Gonna be drenched in some sweat. So just know that we're working so hard for you. I hope your glasses fog up. Oh my god. I kind of hope they do. That'd be hilarious. They'd be pretty cute. Sometimes I I wear my glasses in the shower on accident because they are such a part of my face and I rarely wear contacts or take them off. And so I'll get in the shower and start to wash my hair and all of a sudden everything goes (laughs) fuzzy. I'm like, am I having a stroke? Am I dying? And then I'm like, I'm wearing my glasses. I'm wearing my glasses. Everything's fine. I should take these off. And that was a pointless story for all of you to enjoy. Is that our first piece of advice today? Take your glasses off before Take your you glasses off in the shower or you will shower. believe that you're going blind mm-hmm. and you'll be terrified. But Speaking of glasses, I think I 
had to have like chucked mine across the room while sleeping last night. I still have not been able to find them. No. I went to bed, put them on the, you know, side table as you do. Mm. Woke up this morning. They're not there. So I like stumbled into the bathroom. Oh, it feels so good to close my eyes right now. Stop it. Stumbled in the bathroom. Enough. Open your eyes. I stumbled in eyes. the bathroom. I put my contacts in. I went back in the bedroom, looked for the glasses. They are gone forever. I don't know where they are. And it's so bad when you have allergies, you want to wear your glasses, not your contacts. I want to wear my glasses contacts. so bad. I'm very sorry. Also, where could they possibly be? You must have gone crazy. They're in, in the multiverse. <laughs> I don't they know. Have I mean, sometimes gone to the, the cats will like knock them onto the floor, but they're not on the floor, and they're not behind the table. They're not in the bed because mm. I've done that before too, where like I fall asleep with my glasses on and like take them off while sleeping, and sure. then they're like somewhere in the bed. They're nowhere. They're gone forever. Well, I'm sorry to hear it. Uh, A gremlin came in and stole them is something we could start with if you'd like. (laughs) That's fine. A fairy. A A little tiny fairy. A borrower. Ooh, remember the borrowers. Oh my God. The borrowers, my shit. I loved the borrowers. I remember I used to go over to my friend's house, Aryan Rahman, and she had the borrowers on VHS and one of those VHS tapes, like the old Disney tapes that have like the big squishy. Yes. VHS mm-hmm. tape holders, what are they called? Cases? Yeah, I guess? those huge like cloud cases. Yeah, yeah. Those um, the best. And we watched that shit over and oh, we would go, we'd watch the borrowers, then borrowers, and then we'd watch uh, Titanic, and then we would watch the borrowers, and then we'd watch Titanic, and then we would read the National Enquirer. <laughs> That's that was amazing. My jam. Yeah. I gotta look her up. My gosh. Yeah, you gotta call this girl. You guys had a good time. We had a good thing going. Borrowers was the jam, though, and so was Titanic. And I was never allowed to watch the nudie scenes in Titanic. I had really? to fast forward through them unless I was at a friend's house where they were allowed to watch them. But if I was at home, I had to fast forward. And I felt so much guilt about it that one time my mom had to run up the street to the store and left me home alone. And I still fast forwarded through the nudie <gasps> scenes, even though I was home You're alone. You're such a good child. And it was my moment. I mean, I wasn't. Was That's my the moment. thing. That, for some reason, I felt like so convicted in and had to follow the rules but normally i was a brat so i uh i ruined the titanic for my mom and i still think about it to this day because i accidentally um she hadn't seen it yet i had we were having a conversation about it and she was like don't say anything don't ruin it for me and i don't even remember exactly how i ruined it but i definitely told her that jack died spoiler alert um i definitely told her that jack dies uh on accident you're a terrible and daughter. uh i'm pretty sure she like we, it was like at the dinner table and i'm pretty sure she got up and like put her plate in the sink and like went away oh my like, god i think she was so mad she was genuinely so <laughs> angry i ruined it i'm so sorry mom whoopsies yeah that's a pretty bad spoiler if you hadn't yeah. seen it back in the day i mean because the thing is like you know what's gonna happen right that's that shit's going down mm-hmm like, somebody's going to die. Someone's going to die. The end of the story like, is never going to be, them like, are die. and then the happy couple <laughs> yeah. rode on the and door. And then everyone died except for the two main characters. Right. Like, which... one of them's going down. So before we get into our advice show, and uh, we'll we'll, le- we'll get away from talking about the Titanic and its spoilers, uh, <laughs> we're going to move into our news segment, This Week in Weird. Weird. closed my eyes when I did that. I was worried I was going to lose you. (laughs) Almost fell asleep. Each blink is getting longer and longer. I know. You need to stop shutting your eyes. Just tape them open. I need to like clockwork orange to the shit. (laughs) And stay awake. Yes, please. This week in Weird, we've got some news stories. This one, um, I found, I really like it. 
Jared Leto reported that he believes his house in the Hollywood Hills is haunted. No way. Yes. I couldn't find too much detailed information on it, but he said his house is haunted, uh, but he still likes living in it. He lives in a converted Air Force base in the Hollywood Hills, which is tight, tight, tight. Mm -hmm. And he said, God knows what they did here, but it talks. We've already had ghost sightings reported by my housekeeper, and a handyman quit the project after he had an encounter. He goes on to say that even though these things have been happening, he still feels really at home there, and that the breeze up on the top of the mountain is too nice to leave it. Oh my gosh. Okay, Jared. I feel like Jared Leto is the type of person, though, that will stay in a haunted house and be fine with it. Like He's it a bizarre guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did all that weird stuff being the Joker on Suicide Squad, like... Everyone said how he played such bizarre pranks and oh, yeah, he, like, took the role way too seriously. Yeah, so I feel like him in a haunted house, I buy that. I watched 15 minutes of Suicide Squad. Oh, it was garbage. Um, 15 whole minutes. And it was, I wanted to turn it off before that. Like, yeah, I know. it was like eight minutes in and I was like, Joe, can we turn this off? And he was like, let's just wait. And then like, you know. Six minutes went by, and he was like, we can turn it off. Yep, I'm over this now, too. turn it off. I watched it Boy, on an it airplane, bad. and I was so desperate for entertainment that I kept it on, and it was free, and it was playing, and so I was like, Lauren, you still have three hours left in this flight. What the hell else are you going to do? So I watched it, but it came to the end, and I took off my headphones and looked at Alex and was just like, no, that was not good at all. That's also, like, the worst possible place that you can watch a superhero movie i know it's like if you're gonna enjoy the action and adventure <laughs> at least of you it, can enjoy like the special effects and the action yeah. if you're watching no. it on like say in like the theater or, teensy like, on a tiny screen. screen but like you're in the most uncomfortable place yeah. on earth mm-hmm. cramped first, seat, first world problem watching a um, tiny little screen on the back of someone else's seat and yeah it was the worst possible way to watch it but I do think if I had watched it on a big screen, I would have disliked it just as much. You would have also been disappointed. We have to talk about uh, the Babadook. Yes. That was my <laughs> favorite thing that icon. ever happened on the internet. Um, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me personally. Yep. So for those of you who don't know, <laughs> basically all that happened was that somehow the Australian horror movie Babadook got put in the LGBT section on Netflix streaming, (laughs) along with movies such as Rent, Blue is the Warmest Color, and The Beginners, which are all movies either uh, featuring LGBT stories or with LGBT leads. And then there's Babadook. Which no one understood. Which is a horror movie about a mother trying to raise her son alone after her husband dies, so not LGBT at all. Yeah. Then I, I can come When up I saw with. it was under there, I was racking my brain trying to think of themes in the movie and things that had happened. What I'm could like, it be? no, there were no experiences that would categorize I it guess as LGBT. maybe like the the Babadook was really stylish. <laughs> he was. So he certainly that was. could be it. Could be it for um, the fashion. Of course, the internet, along with the LGBT community, ran with it, and now the Babadook is an LGBT icon, and I am loving it so much. I am Baba Shook. I'm Baba Shook. Some people say, no, the internet can be a horrifying, obnoxious place, but uh-huh. then in moments like this, it can be a beautiful, can wonderful be place. Where people create hilarious memes. They take the Babadook and make him a phenomenal LGBT icon. They have him booty popping in certain memes and saying, like, work, girl. Well, and did you see any of the pictures from Pride? 
No. Were people oh, dressed as the Babadook? Yes, yeah. No. People were dressed as the Babadook at Pride, and it was it was awesome. That's so good. Yeah. He will forever be an LGBT icon now, which yes. is hilarious from one little mistake one that little Netflix made. Mistake? Like oh, I don't know. Like mistake, how you know? Could, I don't know. I really truly don't know how to connect the two, but I'm so happy it happened. I don't care. Me too. It's really good <laughs> stuff. The cartoon of the Babadook doing the splits and saying work W E R K is my favorite thing that I've seen. <laughs> this is another uh, haunted house. So this one takes place in Scotland. A couple are offering a salary of 50,000 pounds a year for a nanny, but the candidate must be prepared to face potential paranormal incidents. The couple live in the Scottish borders and have had five nannies in the past year blame their departure on spooky happenings in the haunted house. They've experienced strange noises, moving furniture, and even breaking glass. Uh, the family have two children, age five and seven, and claim that they haven't experienced any of the supernatural happenings themselves, but said they are happy to pay above the asking rate to find the right person. Uh, the advertisement is on childcare.co.uk, which is basically like care.com. Right. Uh, in the United States, it's basically a social networking platform for childcare providers and private tutors. Um, and it says the nanny will have their own room with an in-suite bathroom and a private kitchen in the family home. However, they will sometimes be alone and in sole charge for up to four nights a week while the parents work away. Uh, the ad says, we have lived in our family home for nearly 10 years. We were told it was haunted when we bought it, but kept our minds open and decided to buy the house regardless. Five nannies have left the role in the last year, each citing supernatural occurrences as the reason. We feel it's important to be as upfront as possible to find the right person for the job. Uh, and apparently some of the guys at childcare.co.uk said that they were stunned when they saw the listing, but they did investigate, and after talking to the family and their previous owners, uh, or I'm sorry, employers, they realized that it was a genuine position and that they were being honest. They stated, the family has assured us that no harm has come to anyone living in the house, however, the nanny will have to have a strong disposition. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Would you take that job? 100%. 100%. I'd have to know. There's also pictures of the house, and it's gorgeous. Oh my gosh. It doesn't look like a, you know, it's not like an ancient castle or anything. It's definitely right. an older house. But it's beautiful. But it's a beautiful house. I mean, if you're going to be paid well, you get to stay in a beautiful house. Like, seeing a few weird happenings here and there, it's I mean, fine. I guess the only thing that would hold me back is that I don't like kids. Sure. So you just so shouldn't be a nanny part. ever. Yeah. You're like, can I just come hang out in your house and like do I'll your house dishes? It. But yeah. I'll pet sit. I will pet a dog for you. I will do dishes and dust. I just don't know how I can, what I can do for your children. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if no one has been harmed or hurt, um, I feel like I would I feel take like the you job. Would have I'm just to, scared off a little bit. Yeah. What if the actual reason is that the parents are like super huge assholes, but all the like housekeepers and maids like don't feel comfortable being like i'm quitting because you're an asshole so they're like i'm quitting because weird stuff happens that's so true and then the next nanny like tells them hey here's hey just fyi i'm training you today but just so you know like if you want to get out of here just tell them about the ghosts use the ghost excuse they're huge dicks but you can tell them there's paranormal happenings in their living room i mean it's a way to get out of it i close my eyes again oh my god stop stop closing your eyes. Do I feel you like eye I have drops like, or anything? What's going to help you? You know those eye drops that you get at the dentist that dilate your eyes that make your eyes feel really sticky and heavy? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
That's what you feel That's like exactly is exactly what I feel like right now. Your lids just want to stick together. They just want to, uh, they're so heavy. It's like I have little, tiny little eye, eye, eyelid dumbbells hanging <laughs> from my eyelashes. I'm so sad for you right now, and I really need you to stay awake just to the end of this episode. Just to the end. Where and are then we? you can okay, like fall asleep. 15 minutes down. Okay, we could do this. Um, <laughs> our next story comes from California. Hey. La Crescenta. Uh, last week, a large ape-like creature was spotted and caught on video in a small wooded area in La Crescenta, California, not far from the 210 freeway. Jake Gardner, who works near the area, spotted the animal while taking a stroll in the woods during his lunch break, which he usually does. He told KTLA, at first I heard a bunch of strange noises in the trees. I figured it was just uh, some type of bird or something like that. He felt uneasy, so he got out his phone and started recording video. At first, he couldn't see anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't until he checked the footage a second time that he noticed something unusual. You can definitely see a torso and four limbs moving around and swinging around in the trees. Uh, Officials from the state's Department of Fish and Wildlife don't know exactly what the animal is either, but they think there's a pretty good possibility that it's some kind of ape. They are urging people not to go in the wooded area to look for the creature, not only because they haven't identified it, but because if it is an ape, it could be extremely dangerous. They think that it could have been someone's illegal pet and that it either escaped or was set free after it became aggressive as it matured. And if it is, in fact, an ape. It's probably scared, hungry, and very unpredictable. Great. Um, I'll post the video to our Facebook page, but it's definitely, there's definitely an ape. Yeah, in just the hanging out in a tree. Yeah. My gosh, you can see never it like briefly, like woods, swing. Ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone who's been alive for the past like 15 years should know about that ape. It wasn't that, it like, Illinois, ripped off a woman's Missouri face. that ripped yeah. off that woman's face. Yeah, don't keep apes as pets. They are not rip pets. your face off. Yeah. They are not meant to be contained. They will get aggressive. And yeah. no matter how nice you are to them, how well you treat them, they are meant to be wild animals and they're going to act out in some way. That will most likely be harmful yeah, to you. Yeah, that will most so. likely be physically harmful to you. The thing is, is that apes are are incredibly strong. Yeah. My incredibly gosh, strong. And they don't so know that they're strong. Mm-hmm. So even if, you know, it rips off your... It could rip off your face trying to play with you. Right. Like, let's play a game, yeah. rip. And that's punch. the thing. You can't... I mean, I don't think you can get an ape, like a pet ape, fixed. Yeah. I don't think that's real. To the point where, I don't think so. I mean, why would you want to? Like, just don't get a pet ape. What are you doing? Let them live their life in the wild. You don't need to have an ape in your house. No. crazy person. Yeah, that's really Um, silly. Which is what they're saying. Like, the only possible way that there could be this ape. Why would it be in La Crescenta? That's the most random part of the zoo. If, like, the zoo, like the LA Zoo, for example, is missing an ape and it made it to, like, La Crescenta, like. That'd be one thing. That'd be one thing, but. I think that they would know if they were missing an ape. Oh, 100%. That would be the story. Is like, an ape escaped from the zoo. Oh, wait, there's an ape in La Crescenta. Ah, Found maybe that's it. him. Yeah. yeah. Don't buy apes as pets. Please don't. So, that's uh, as advice today, number two. <laughs> advice number two. Don't keep an ape as a pet. So, as of today, there's an ape just hanging out in a tree in La yes. Crescenta. Okay, just yeah, wanted in to the confirm that yeah. that was real. And I read the story, I read, like, the most updated version of the story last night, so I don't know if it's been caught today, but as mm-hmm. of last night, yeah, he was still out there. 
So that's terrifying. Holy buckets. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> uh, speaking of creatures, there have been 15 more reports of the giant bat-like creature in Chicago since we recorded last week. Oh my gosh, guys. I was hoping for this. <laughs> <laughs> There's also been a report of red glowing eyes looking in at someone through a window. Nope. And there's also a report from April 7th in Lincoln Park in Chicago where a guy saw uh, said that he saw a large man. He thought he had to be seven feet tall standing on the ground. He was solid black and had a pair of large wings folded behind him. The wings stood taller than the man by at least a foot and a half. He said it looked like a giant half man, half bird, and that he thought it was a costume of some kind. He stared at it, and the thing stared back for about 15 seconds. He said it felt like an eternity. And then in a loud whoosh, it unfurled its wings and screeched really loud and jetted into the air. He said, I felt like this thing could see right through me, read me. It knew what I was thinking. So it's the Mothman. It's the Mothman. It sounds like the Mothman. Was that story from Chicago again? Yeah, that that one was Lincoln Park. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like he's hanging out in Lincoln Park 100%. Yeah, that's where your sightings happen too. Oh my gosh. Uh, but the 15 that have happened since we talked about it last week are kind of, it just said, like, reports throughout Chicago. Okay. So I Could didn't, like, have around. a central, yeah. So hopefully there's not going to be a big disaster know, occurring I in Chicago not. anytime soon. Because I do feel like that is why the Mothman could potentially come around, is to warn people of Impending a big happening, doom. like, as we've learned in the past. So, Chicago, stay safe, stay, stay alert. Stay safe. Goodness gracious. Um, also, keep your phones handy, because if you meet Indrid Cold mm-hmm. or <laughs> the Mothman, I need to see it. We're going to need a I photo need see it. and some video, please. Video, please. Um, My gosh, I can't believe there were that many more sightings. I had a feeling, though. Um, I had a couple people text me after last week's episode, after I read that story, and say, oh my gosh, I saw a creature just like that in Illinois as well. And one person said they saw it in Indiana, so I'm feeling like the Midwest in close. general, you know? The Midwest, the Mothman has made some trips, but these were very different timelines. They said, one said, happened in their childhood, another, I think it was adulthood, so it's like, Mothman just hangs around the Midwest. Could also be a Thunderbird. Could also be a Thunderbird, also sighted in the Midwest, yes. That's very true. And I'm sure people see different things, but the red eyes mm-hmm. staring back at you. The and red eyes like and feeling like they like know what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like Mothman. Ooh, all right. Well, and the whole like seven foot tall thing looks like a man. Right. That's a Which thing. also reminds me of one of my favorite movies of all time. Have you seen the movie Mimic? Yes. Love it. I feel like you told me to watch it. Probably. How long ago did you see it? Oh, I mean, I've seen it. Know. I've seen it. I saw Millions it in like seventh grade. Okay. Whenever it came sure. out. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love that movie. It's That's really Guillermo good. del Toro. Of course. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't like it, but whatever. I don't yeah. care. I like it. Fuck them. You know? Fuck them, you know? Don't have time for them. <laughs> Do you like that movie? Big fan. What's her name? It's not Mira Sorvino. It's not Minu Safari. It is not Mila Jovovich. Wait, hold on. Am I thinking? Wait, Mina. Mina. Hold on. This is important, I promise you. Your call is important to us. If you'd like to leave a message, or we can call you back. It is Mira Sorvino. Oh, 
I always it. Mina Savari is Mina who Subari, I always want to say in my head. Mira Sarvino. Oh, let me see. And then there's one more. Mia uh, Mila yeah. Jovovich. I never get her thrown. I do. Name. It's Mira and Mia, Nina to Mina me. I'm like, Mila. You have names that are quite close. <laughs> um Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my head, as soon as you said an M name, I was like, it's Mina Subari, and she's gonna be embarrassed when she sees it. <laughs> It was not. So Who's embarrassed now? Who's embarrassed? Shouldn't have said anything. Uh, yeah, so Mira Sorvino, uh, Norman Reedus, Josh <coughs> Brolin. It's a good cast, guys. You should watch mm-hmm. it. Directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, although, if you get a chance, watch the director's cut. It's a lot better than the um, the original oh, movie. Good advice. Anyways, that's all I have today for this week in Weird. Weird, weird. Weird, weird, weird. And that's all the time we have. I gotta go take a nap. Um, she's gonna head to bed. I'm gonna use the restroom. And uh, we'll see you next time on Keep It Weird, Um, JK. Question. So we decided to do every once in a while. It's not gonna be as often as listener ghost stories. But we are doing uh, basically an advice column mm-hmm. where people can ask us questions uh, about the paranormal and we're going to spend like a whole, well, not even the paranormal, just like weird stuff. It could be anything. It could be like a weird habit that you have. It could Mm. be like a weird experience that you have. You, maybe you have like a creepy coworker and you don't know what to do about him or her. Weird addictions. Um, Weird addictions, whatever. Honestly, you can ask us any question in the world. For sure. Uh, it doesn't even have to be weird. Yeah. Troubles Whatever at home? What do you need? We'll answer <laughs> we it. We are also good in the romance department. So. We're really good in the romance department. If you have any questions about your significant other, uh, send them to us. No, we literally could not be more unqualified to do this. But mm-hmm. I feel like why not open discussion for yeah. some of your guys' questions? Well, because we'll we were fun. getting yeah, we were getting questions. The reason we decided to do this because we were getting questions, and I was like slotting them into future episodes. But we don't know when we're going to get to those future episodes. So people were asking us a question about something. And it was like, oh, well, we have an episode planned on demons for July 30th. So this is where they're going to be. Yep. Come into the Ask a Weirdo Ask a Weirdo. Perfect. Um, I'm excited. So uh, we'll do, we'll just start. Yeah. The first first one one. uh, was sent in anonymously, which you can do, by the way. Yes. What do you do if you, if, whoop. Hello. We'll do that again. What do you do if two of your neighbors stalk you and your spouse and obviously get too attached to the two of you? And why won't they leave you alone? They randomly show up at your house, stop you every time you're outside, like they're waiting for you to come outside, know things about you that you haven't told them and that they shouldn't know, want to spend every waking moment with you, want to go on your date nights, etc. This one is... This one's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. When I first read it, my first thought was just like, I don't even know what I would do other than get aggressive and angry. But I think to me, the biggest thing is if they know things about you that you should that they shouldn't know, that would be my first question to them. Yeah. And maybe you've asked them this already and this is repetitive. But I would just say, hey, how do you know that? I don't think we ever talked about that before. Actually, I'm not really telling people about that event or happening. How did you know about that? Yeah. I feel like being as polite as you can, or maybe not even being fucking polite at this point if they're following you around this much, but just asking, how do you know this information? Yeah. Because they're either super needy and just are obsessed with you, um, or they're a true stalker. If they actually know inside yeah. information about you and are harassing you and making you extremely uncomfortable, like, that's crossing that line. So I would say, 
How are you getting this information? How do you know that? Yeah, and that's hard too because especially if you're me, I always forget that I have conversations with people. Right. So people will bring something up and be like, how do you know? And they'll be like, you literally told me two days ago. Right. And be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I took two expired Benadryl that day, so I forgot <laughs> everything that happened. My memory was clouded. This one's really hard. So, I mean... You brought up a good point that I didn't even think about. The whole, like, they know things about us that we haven't... Told them. Told them. That's actually creepy. I was more focused on, like, wants to do everything with you. And, like, always talks to you. Is always there when you're, like, in your yard. The only way to solve this problem is to be able to, like, handle confrontation. Right. Which, honestly, is something that, like, I'm horrible with. Yeah, I I don't like confrontation. Like, if I can avoid confrontation, I absolutely will at all costs. Same. So you kind of have to be able to handle confrontation to deal with this problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to be forward and say, hey, you're you're smothering us. Yeah, we can't. We need time, just the two of us, which... To be honest, I'm giving that advice, but also I would struggle so much because I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings even though they're obnoxious. Yeah. So there's two ways to solve the problem. Uh, Number one is the way that I would probably handle it, and it's the wrong way to handle it. Um, (laughs) uh, Continue to evade and try to avoid them and continue to make excuses as to why you can't hang out, why they can't come along with you guys to such and such. And hope that one day that they take the hint. And this is probably, honestly, like truly not the way to handle this situation. Right. Um, But coming from someone who absolutely hates confrontation is probably what I would do. Uh, Not just because I hate confrontation and like I don't like having difficult conversations, but I also don't like hurting people's feelings. Like if I could go the rest of my life without hurting a single person's feelings, I would. Mm -hmm. But that's not realistic. Yeah. You're either going to go through your life hurting some people's feelings or you're going to end up hurting yourself because you're going to go fucking crazy. Right. You're going to drive yourself insane not being forward with people. Yeah. So that's not plausible. But one of two things is going to happen. They are going to take the hint and end up getting their feelings hurt anyway. So Mm -hmm. you might as well have a conversation with them. Or they're not going to take the hint and they're going to continue to pester you and bug you to the point where... There probably is going to be a confrontation uh, because you're going to lose your shit. And it could be a more aggressive <laughs> confrontation yeah. down the line because you're actually losing your mind yeah, and can't take you're, it anymore. You are, you've lost it. So if you have the chance to have a calmer confrontation with your wits yeah. still about you, you might as well rip off that band-aid. Yeah, it's the harder option, but ultimately oh, the best option Just be honest with them. Like, explain to them that while you genuinely appreciate them and are so grateful to have them as neighbors uh, because you think they're so cool and nice and fun, you but you value the time that you have to spend one-on-one with your partner. But also, not even that. Like, you value the one-on-one time that you get to have with yourself. Yeah. Like, there's a ton of times during the week where... Someone will ask me to do something, and I don't have plans, but I my plans were basically to, like, hang out with myself. Have me time, yeah. That's a real and thing. And I want, I don't want to give that time up. Oh. 
I turn down plans for me time all the yeah. time. And I'll usually, if it's a close friend, I'll be honest with them about it and say, I need some time for me. And they'll be understanding. Yeah. If it's someone I don't know as well, to be honest, I might say something like, I have to work or yeah. I have a lot of things to get done around the house just because I don't want them to think I'm weird. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, you just say, I need some me time. And that, sh- to a normal person, should be okay. Yeah, that's the thing. If these people if they are, are still your pushy, friends that's and an they are not real life stalkers like they will totally understand where you're coming from and will work out some sort of compromise uh and if they don't understand and they are irrational and they take it super personally probably not people you want to be friends with anyway so it might be better to just honestly cut that relationship right where it lies and it'll be fine um and honestly just telling them I mean, this one, this part's harder. Telling them that it makes you feel uncomfortable to work or lounge in your yard sometimes because you just want to get shit done or find some peace and you're unable to do that without them interfering. That's right. a hard one because oh, it's that's like... so hard because there's nothing that sounds good about that. But, no. But also, they're getting into your personal space. You should be able to sit in your front yard by yourself and not yeah. be bothered every single time you walk out your door. So... Yeah, it sucks. It's like Ashley keeps saying, this. none of this will be easy. This will be a difficult conversation to have. But I think for your sanity and for your life to get back to normal, you have to have the talk. Yeah. Basically, you just need boundaries. Yeah. And you can even use that and say, hey, I just, I need to set up some healthy boundaries. We think you guys are wonderful neighbors mm-hmm. and friends, but I think we need some time to ourselves, and we need to establish some nights that'll just be for us and some nights that we can hang out with you and let's yeah let's get some boundaries and also yeah if you set up that kind of relationship with them and honestly it could hurt their feelings no matter what they could feel kind of like bummed out no matter what but if it is something that's important to you to like have a good relationship with them and you are friends with them and want to remain friends with them then it's going to be up to you after you have this conversation, it's going to be up to you to approach them and be like, right. hey, do you want to do something on Friday night? Totally. So that they know that, like, you aren't just saying, like, hey, fuck off. I don't want yeah. anything to do with you. You're just saying, hey, like. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah, you can salvage the relationship if you want. Or if this person is saying, get these people away from me and out of my life, then if they're offended or they're turned off by anything that you say in this confrontation, then good riddance because it sounds like you don't want them in your life either. So you can kind of make the confrontation yeah, a little more open. Make it an open. amicable split. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to save the relationship, you can go about it in a healthy way. And there's even a book called Boundaries that you could reference and just pretend that you read it and be like, I'm really into this book, Boundaries. I'm working on myself right now and having boundaries and relationships. So I'd love to test this out on you guys. And you can totally... Use that book as your cover-up, and they'll stay away from you, because they'll be like, oh, you're using some literature and some self-help. I like that. That's actually a good idea. Have you read it? I have. It's actually a really great book. Nice. Because the reason I read it is because I used to have no boundaries, and I've never had a stalker. That is a very big accusation to make, but I have had very clingy friends. Um, I've just always been one of those people, for whatever reason, that attracts very clingy, needy people. I've experienced in junior high, in high school, and even out in Los Angeles, and I'm totally the person that uses your first approach that just starts to evade, evade and avoid. make up excuses, yeah. avoid until they drop off the face of the earth and never talk to me again, which is 100% the wrong way to go about it. And I've tarnished friendships doing that. People that I actually did enjoy 
didn't want to be friends with me anymore because the trust was gone and they realized I was lying to them and blah, blah, blah. Felt really just put down. But yeah, I so I read the book Boundaries a couple of years ago and it's actually really good and just helps you establish healthy conversations with people and ways to have a relationship that is good and strong, but also has time apart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great book. You could pick that up as well and not lie about reading it. You could actually read it. You could give them a copy. Yeah. Like, hey, here's boundaries. Hey, Merry Christmas. We celebrate Christmas in June. (laughs) Um, Have you ever had a neighbor that you didn't um, like being neighbors with? Yes. In my yes. old apartment in Sherman Oaks right before I got married and moved to the west side. It was actually our building manager. And I hate to say it because she was very sweet uh-huh. overall, but she was just always outside. Or like kind of how this person who wrote in is saying would just appear every time I was outside, whether I was arriving back at the apartment or leaving for the day. Yeah. She'd step outside her door and be like, hi, how's it going? And it would just be this long, drawn out conversation that... I was sometimes not in the mood for it all. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. So she was a struggle. Um, well, I have, I've had like neighbors that I'm not particularly fond of. I've never had a neighbor that's like driven me crazy. Right. Like to the point where I had like sought out advice. Sure. But for example, right now I've got Grandma Lee. Oh, you do. And the thing about Grandma Lee, aside from what you guys already know, which is that once once a week she bangs on her wall for an hour. We don't know uh, why. And we don't know why. And Grandma Lee is Chinese. And so I asked my Chinese friend who was on the show, episode six, Sophie, because I truly was concerned that it was some sort of uh, maybe like a religious ritual or like some sort of cultural thing. Right. Because I feel bad on the days that I have to be like, knock it off. Yeah. Stop. But it's so constant. It's like if you she have is doing. Yeah. There are some days where I'm trying to work or I'm just trying to like nap or live a life right and all i can hear is and it's just i can't handle it for an yeah. hour Grandma and sophie Lee. was like no idea yeah she <laughs> said there's no tradition no that idea. she knows of so i'm very so curious. i think she has to be like beating a rug right. or something but she's technique. using the wall that separates our apartments right and that's not okay the wall that she does this on. And there have been days where I banged on the wall and I could hear her go like, sorry. And it's like, <laughs> do you so know yeah. that you're doing? She's very nice. Okay, here's the thing. Grandma Lee is like 80 something. She's an old woman. It takes her a million years to get to, from the parking lot to her apartment. Oh my gosh. On the second floor. Sweet Grandma Lee. She's very sweet. Um, But she's one of those people where if you do run into her, she will talk to you and you'll talk to her. But even if you're walking away from her, she continues to talk to you. Mm. So you can't like get away from her. Like right. I've been stuck in 15 minute conversations with her when I'm already like, I'm trying to go to work. Goodness gracious. And I'll even be like, I'm going to work. Like have a good day. And she's like, my daughter works <laughs> in such and such. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh, wow, great. And it's like, I have to go. Um, But she's also, we got into a little bit of a confrontation. It wasn't like bad. I wasn't a jerk to her. But it was a long time ago. It was when I first moved here. I was working at Barnes & Noble. And so I had to leave for work at like 7.30 a.m. And I was leaving for work. I had my hot coffee. And so I share, so each apartment complex has one parking spot. We have seven little uh, apartments. And I have the parking spot right next to her. Uh-huh. And again, she's 80-something. Right. She is an 80-year-old Chinese woman. She can't park. Oh, no. So she parks 
over the like too close sometimes so i can't fit in my parking spot and the thing is she's 80 what am i gonna do complain yeah, no you kind of just, just parked on the street do it. yeah yeah but i was getting into my car i put my hot coffee on top of the car and 7 30 in the morning i'm so fucking tired i'm not thinking i open my door and the hot coffee spills all down the front of me i burn myself Ugh. coffee's all down the front of me it it's spilled horrible. all over the floor the ground Luckily, I had a t-shirt in the back of my car, so I just put that on, went to work. When I got home from work, Grandma Lee was waiting for me in the parking lot, and she was like, you spilled coffee on the ground. And I was like, I know. I was like, I was going to work. My coffee spilled all down my shirt, all on my pants. I was like, it was horrible, like, thinking that she would be like, that's horrible. But she was like, it got on my shoes when I came out to my car. Oh. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I would have lost my mind. I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, it won't happen again. I also wish I hadn't spilled my coffee all over myself. I'm burning yeah, down my chest. Yeah, she was chest. like, it got on my shoes. I'm like, it got on the bottom of your shoes? Right. Sorry about ya. Get over it, Grandma Lee. So for a while after that, I Sweet wouldn't even Lord. talk to her. She would say, like, hi, and I would just keep walking. Good. She thinks my name is Jennifer, too, which oh, is very right. sweet. Well, uh, that's my neighbor's name. It's fine. She also thinks I'm... I don't know if she thinks we're the same person or she just might. we're both named Jennifer. <laughs> or maybe she thinks Jennifer's name is Ashley. This oh, is very yeah. interesting. I should go talk to Let's Grandma investigate. <laughs> so anyways, having... It's hard when you have, like, a neighbor... Yeah. That you... That you can't avoid. You can't avoid. That's your house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's the same as having, like, a coworker you don't like, too, I right. guess. Right, that's in your workspace Because you have to go to work day. and... But your home is, like, your sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It's a place that you're usually going to relax and be with your loved ones and to have someone annoying you that much, like, that truly sucks. And I hope this incident that was written in about, I hope it doesn't get so bad that you guys have to move or take any kind of action. I'm praying these people are just clingy and can have an honest conversation, but man, it can be rough. Yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah. But you have two options. Yep. Evade. Avoid and evade. <laughs> or just rip the bandaid off and have yeah, a calm talk to conversation. Them. A calm confrontation is the best way to say it because yes. it is still forward and it might be awkward, but it can be calm it's instead of aggressive. It's still a difficult conversation. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like if you put it off and put it off and put it off and they don't get the hint, then that's when you're going to have, like, an actual confrontation. Right. And you want to avoid that. Anyways, thanks for the question. Yeah. I hope we helped. good. And everyone has obnoxious neighbors sometimes. Yeah. So. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. We can all relate. This one was sent in by Jamie. I have a weird phobia of anything weird looking. Cracks in the street, weird shapes in trees, etc. It makes me sick sometimes to the point where I want to throw up. If I look too closely at just about anything, mostly outside, I start to feel my anxiety flare up. Why is this? What could have triggered this weird ash shit? (laughs) That's from Jamie? Yes. Your sis? Mm -hmm. That's from my sis. Well, she's not alone in that at all. The internet has proved that many people have this fear. Um, the one thing she didn't mention, though, was she didn't say clustered holes. She said cracks or, like, misshapen weird objects. And the internet was not very kind about just cracks and misshapen objects, but you could find results for clustered holes, cracks, and misshapen objects and oddities. So I did a little research. There is an unofficial phobia called trypophobia. Um, it's not actually recognized in scientific literature. 
because psychologists believe that if you look at the strange shapes and holes and cracks and can still carry on with your day after, which most people can, you are okay and the fear is not completely running your life like a true phobia would. Um, Just because you feel sick and uncomfortable and anxious, this does not count as a phobia to the scientific world. So if you go to a list of phobias and try to look this one up, you actually will not find it, which is frustrating for many people um, because there are tons of people all over the internet, all over social media, claiming that they have this. I'm not even sure where the name came from since it's not real. I don't know if someone... Is it tryptophobia? just says trypophobia. There's no, like, T... Trypophobia, T-R-Y-P-O-phobia. Um, so I'm not sure how it got its name. It seems like this community kind of just went for it. But um, there are enough people that have had this weird revulsion to clustered holes and oddities that a Facebook page has been started, and there are about 4,000 members who all get on and talk together about their experiences. Some people can find where the fear stem, the fear and disgust stem from, and other people say that the fear has come on once they've heard other people's stories and it's sort of a group disgust action. Like some people, the fear the fear came on after they read about other people's fears and then it triggered them. But some people on the Facebook page have commented and said their stories that it has stemmed from different things. One person said they were stung by a bee when they were little and the allergic reaction that happened on their leg was a tiny cluster of bubbles that looked like a rash and also the pores in their legs all became very big and obvious. So the feeling associated with that reaction and the pain and the disgust simply never left. So now when they see holes or big pores or like pock marks, they get disgusted and feel sick to their stomach. Um, another person said at a Renaissance fair, they bought a knife that had pock marks on the handle. And for some reason, they became disgusted with the knife and the feeling never left them Whoa. after that. Don't know about that one. Um, but the most common and general theory for this phobia is that holes and cracks and things that aren't shaped in a normal way just feel off and something isn't right about them. Pockmarks on something can signal danger to our brain and we manifest that feeling as revulsion and disgust. Also, holes could remind us of bumps and rashes, like one of the Facebook users said, and other things that could remind us of illness and sickness that leads us to that sick feeling and anxious feeling in our bodies as well. Um, Masai Andrews runs Trypophobia.com and the Facebook page, which started back in 2009. A Wikipedia, Wikipedia page does Wikipedia. not... Wikipedia! Wikipedia! A Wikipedia page does not exist yet, and most pages that attempt to get put up on the subject eventually get taken down, most likely by the scientific community. And Andrew said he's grown in frustration in trying to get the word about trypophobia out. So, yeah, I don't know if this is exactly what Jamie's talking about. Obviously, clusters of holes seem to be bigger than cracks, Mm -hmm. but cracks and misshapen objects outdoors were included and that was one of the examples that Jamie said. So trypophobia could be what you have going on. And That's interesting. As far as where it stems from, it sounds like everyone's different. So I don't know if something weird happened to her as a child or what. Well, but. it was sent in by my sister. So I have a little bit of inside intel. Tell us. Um, you probably could have some form of OCD. Yeah. Like, it may not be to the point where you have to, like, turn the lights on and off or, like, take X amount of steps from your car to your apartment. And, like, if you don't take X amount of steps, you have to go all the way back to your car and, like, go back. Like, it could be just some, like, very small behavioral disorder. Yeah. And honestly, it makes sense. I always 
thought that there was some form of uh, like some form of OCD going on like growing up. I don't think I'm sharing too much, but my sister was kind of like fidgety and picky to the point of exhaustion sometimes. Oh. Like for example, uh, her socks and shoes. And this continued from, like, early, early childhood to, like, basically high school. Uh-huh. Her socks couldn't be too tight or too loose. She wow. couldn't wear them unless they were, like, just right. Um, and this sounds like a little kid, like, throwing a fit thing to do. Like, if a little kid's, like, being fussy, like, no, and you take your shoes off again and, like, retime or whatever. But Jamie literally couldn't do it, like, any day of the week. My gosh. If her shoes were tied too tight, she had to untie them, take them off completely, and retie them. She insisted to tie, uh, to wear a ponytail every single day, but if there was, like, a bump, you know, in her ponytail... She'd have to redo it. She'd have to take it all down and, like, redo it again. Oh, wow. Uh, or if it was too tight or too loose, you had to redo the ponytail. And this was every single day, to the point where you know she wasn't just being fussy. Right. Like... Something was going on. Yeah. Like she was feeling triggered by something. Um, she, she obviously had some sort of, like, obsessive behavior right. disorder. And some forms of OCD center around things being symmetrical. Like if something is right. asymmetrical, it can make you disoriented. It can make you anxious. It can make you like even angry. Um, and if there's one thing the outside world is not, it's symmetrical. Right. So if you're being triggered by things like strange cracks or branches or weird shapes, it could be a form of OCD. I agree with everything you're saying. The only... It's not compulsive. Right. It would be an obsessive disorder. It wouldn't be oh, a no, compulsive 100%. disorder. I think the only thing that could be a disagreement is on the Trypophobia website, it says a lot of people with OCD become anxious and angry around holes and misshapen and asymmetrical things. However, it's usually not a feeling of disgust that that's they feel. True. So that's she the only thing. She did say she wanted to like throw up. Right. I wonder she if she felt sick to her stomach. So that's why. Yeah, we'll that's have to the get it reason. clarified to see if is it like. Uh, like disgust or is right. it like queasy? Yeah, because that's the difference. I think yeah, feeling anxious could 100% be an obsessive queasy, disorder, yeah. but to feel sick is where I go more towards the phobia side because the sick feeling shouldn't be associated with OCD. I don't know where that comes from, but yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, we'll have to clarify. How but also, sick. Jamie, again, I don't know if this is this is not too much information. You're you're an adult. <laughs> she has uh, she gets car sick really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to take like what's it called Dramamine. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's the car sick, the motion sickness is a visual thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, it's right. like a visual trigger. Totally. So I wonder if that it's a mixture of both. Yeah, yeah, if it's a mixture, like if it's a visual trigger that makes you maybe you're honestly feeling like car sick. Maybe right. if you like took Dramamine every day, is that safe? <laughs> I don't know. I we bet it's safer out. than two Benadryl. Did I mention I took that? My tongue feels like it's getting bigger now. Oh, my. Anyways, I'm tired. You're on a bad track. <laughs> um, yeah, that could absolutely be something. A visual trigger that's making her feel sick and anxious. It's like the obsessive disorder kind of coming in with the yeah with the motion sickness. Maybe try and take some Dramamine and then live, um, your life. live your life in the outside world. See if it helps. It might. That is interesting. Yeah. And also, yeah, send us in some more clarification on how you actually yeah. feel when you see it, because that sick, is a like, helpful thing. Dizzy and like I've been on a tilt a whirl, right. or sick like I hate that. I hate that, and I want it to change I immediately. Hate that. I want it to go right, right. Yeah. All right. Good, Good question. question. Great question. Great question. Um, this one comes in from Corey. 
We live in a fairly new house, only seven years old, and only one other couple has lived in the home before us. Since we moved in, we've increasingly noticed more and more unknown shadows or thinking we see something out of the corner of our eye, specifically in the hallway. Sometimes we both feel like someone is there when they aren't. Why do you think this is when obviously no one has been harmed or passed away in this house? We've talked about this before. Yes. Quite a few times. I was going to say, I feel like I don't, I already know what you're probably going to say. So I feel like we probably have the same Probably. Um, so there's, there's multiple things that could be happening. There's, uh, there's the multiverse theory. Right. So, um, well, well, first of all, I guess it could be ghosts. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, maybe from the home that was there before yours was. Right. What if something had happened on the land before that house was built? Something happened on the land before the house was built. Something happened. It could be, it could be ghosts. It could be the multiverse theory that you're seeing into another dimension uh, like maybe for whatever reason, your home is in a place where the thread to that other dimension is thinner, 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 if that makes sense, or that you yourself are more sensitive and in seeing into other dimensions. And I know this sounds like some like crazy sci-fi mumbo jumbo, but the multiverse theory is truly something that's theorized by many, many, many of the most intelligent scientists and physicists like right. today. Yeah. So it sounds like science fiction. But it's actually science nonfiction. <laughs> hey there. Um, yeah, someone could be living in a completely other dimension, just living side by side with yeah. you guys. And, and you, you catch a glimpse. Yeah, you feel their presence, you see the shadow, and they might yeah. just be trying to cook their dinner and watch some TV. Yeah, it's not just something from like a Steven Spielberg movie. Like, right. it is something that's plausible. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible. It's not probable. Yeah. But it's, it's not, not impossible. impossible. It could be happening. There's also, uh, within the multiverse series, the multiple timeline theory, that everything that has happened and will happen is currently happening right now. So the shadows that you're seeing or the feeling that you're being watched or that you're not alone is simply that you're occupying the same space as your past and future selves. Mm -hmm. And we always are. And it sounds super crazy, but like say the Corey on timeline A got up this morning and decided that he was going to watch some TV and then work out in the afternoon. But Corey from timeline B decided they were going to... Uh, work out and then watch TV later. Mm-hmm. According to the multiple timeline theory, every decision we make breaks off into another timeline. Now, probably not with something as small as watching TV before or after working out, <laughs> but let's say it was that small. You could just be running into Corey from timeline B, mm-hmm. which is enough to blow your fucking mind. But uh, that would kind of explain ghosts in the way that ghosts are seen in places where no one has passed away. Mm-hmm. But same goes with the fact that you don't know what happened in the house that was there before your house. Right. Maybe there was no house there, but before your house there were workers there working on your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were real estate agents who showed your house to multiple potential buyers. There were the couple that lived there before you. And when you move out, those real estate agents will be back showing your house to people. New owners will move in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, if you take that theory and everything that's happened or will happen is happening right now at the same time as the present, then you could simply be seeing any number of things from the past and or the future out of the corner of your eye. Which sounds super crazy. 
It does sound crazy, but you hear stories all the time. We even read one on the Glitch in the Maria episode where a guy said that his coworkers were constantly calling him and saying, why are you at work? And him yeah. saying, no, I'm at home. And they were seeing these different timeline versions of him walking into the freezer and doing some chores over here in the corner. And it was this crazy thing of seeing this guy live his life when he wasn't there because it was some sort of alternate timeline. So everything we're saying might sound absolutely ridiculous, but there, there are stories that prove these things could be true. And we have no idea. So it could be multiple things happening or maybe on the property before you moved in, something horrible happened. Maybe there's a sacrifice. Maybe it's an Indian burial ground. You might actually have a demon in your house. Maybe you're cursed. I do have to say, though, even though we are believers in the paranormal and the supernatural, we're also believers in proven facts. And sometimes the facts are that something could be wrong in your house. Like something could be causing you to have hallucinations. Uh, For example, getting your carbon monoxide detectors checked to make sure you're, you're not slowly being poisoned right now. That is probably a good, good idea. Good call. Um, but even less insidious, but also a possibility, having the uh, electromagnetic activity, uh, like the levels in your house, uh, checked. Take note of where in your home you're experiencing the most activity. So you said the hallway. Make sure there's not a fuse box in the hallway. So like, for example, when we were at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel, on every single floor, when we passed the fuse box, our EMF detector went crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, and and it has been proven that high levels of EMF can make people feel paranoid, make them feel like they're being watched, Mm -hmm. make them feel um, uneasy. Um, They could see hallucinations by too much EMF. Yeah. Uh, And EMF can come from, like, you might need your fuse box rewired. If you have, like, copper plumbing or something, then it needs to be better insulated. It could even be, I read, that, like, your microwave... After a period of time, the seal gets looser with, like, use. That's interesting. So it could even be that your microwave needs replacing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when those EMF levels are high, you could actually start hallucinating. And I would say one of these things could absolutely be what's happening in the house. And you should check those things first. Yeah. Because I would say check, you know, the realistic... Things that could be going on in the house before you jump to the paranormal. Like, Mm -hmm. get all of those things checked. Rule all of that out first. And if there are still things happening, then we can start to discuss, okay, who is this other person living in the house? But I'd say get the hallways checked. Get everything figured out first. Yeah, I would say the the best thing to do is just take detailed notes. Like, where is this happening the most? I know you mentioned the hallway, but, like, take detailed notes of where it's happening when it's happening, if it's happening at the same time of day every day. Oh, that's a good um, point. And then, obviously, make sure your carbon monoxide detector is, like, working real good. Yeah, that's just um, dangerous altogether if yes. it's not. So really get that checked out. <laughs> um, and then also, if you want, there are you can get an EMF detector on Amazon for, like, 10 bucks, like a mm. really cheap one. And if it's spiking like crazy in the same area that you are experiencing this stuff, You should probably have someone come out and look at your house. Yeah. Just in case. That is one thing. Like, if you watch Ghost Hunters, for example, don't watch Ghost Adventures. Those guys are dicks. (laughs) 
They're um, the worst. No, they're fine, I guess. I don't know. They were so much pleather, it's insane. They're not but if favorite. you watch Ghost Hunters, what they do, and what most paranormal investigators do, actually, this is just my example because it's something you guys know. What they will do is they first go through the house trying to rule out the, you know, normal shit. Creaks and just yeah. the house so making they, its own yeah. sounds. So they'll they'll test out, like, what it sounds like when you run the shower. Right. Maybe you run, run the shower and the pipes wiggle and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that's the creepy noises you're hearing. Or maybe, you know... Maybe you have uh, someone living in your attic. I don't know. But they'll also <laughs> test the EMF levels. They'll test the carbon monoxide levels. They make sure that all everything's in order, and then they do a paranormal investigation. That's the thing. Even the people so obsessed with the paranormal and so wanting to prove that it's there, they will even do those checks and those inspections first, which tells you that you absolutely should as well. Get everything checked. Get it checked Rule out. Rule everything out. And then we'll have a spooky night where we talk about the ghosts or the multiverse yeah. or the multiple timelines and we'll all have a seance and it'll be beautiful. But until, until then, then, let's check some things out in the plumbing and in the carbon monoxide detector. Yeah. Or you could be going crazy. Or you're just going nuts on your own. Could be. Are you guys losing your mind out there? They have told me stories, though, that don't make sense, like um, things falling in their closet. They don't have pets. Right. So they'll hear like a crash. It'll just be a faulty yeah. line though, because sometimes Maybe. you have those bars that are super weak and hang in the middle. It's like old wood or old plastic or whatever, and clothes just can't hold on. Possibly. I'm just it's trying usually, to get yeah, reasonable. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, they'll, she, one day she texted me and told me that a couple hats and a picture frame like fell off a shelf in their closet in the middle of the day. Like, Well, that seems weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen. It but doesn't. It's yeah, weird. it could happen because of something else. Um, I wonder. I guess they didn't really say in their question. They never feel attacked or like it's a malicious no presence. It doesn't feel... seem like, which is good. Shadows. Something's hallway, just Someone is there when they aren't. Yeah, someone is there when they aren't. Yeah, that's a difference. It's, it almost feels like you're just occupying the same space as something. Right. That's why I feel like it could be the timeline theory or multiverse. Like yeah. they're just kind of living side just to living side together. with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all live in harmony. Let's see. Is this our last question? It's our final question. Final question. I have a girlfriend who I'm very serious about and plan on spending the rest of my life with, but she is a magnet for paranormal activity and strange occurrences. What am I getting myself into? So many things to say about this, but I will start by saying that you probably shouldn't worry about it. If you are someone who is not sensitive to the paranormal, mm-hmm. um, if you have never seen a ghost or experienced paranormal activity, being around someone who has had multiple experience isn't experiences isn't going to magically make you experience them as well. Because mm-hmm. I truly believe, based on you know years and years and years of experiencing things alongside other people, as well as experiencing things alone, despite being with another person at the time. It's a person-to-person thing. Yeah. If you're not sensitive to it, uh, you're not going to become sensitive to it just by spending time with that person. Uh-huh. Um, I also don't necessarily think that people are a magnet for strange occurrences. I just think that some people have the ability to witness them and others don't have the ability yeah, to witness them. Yeah, 100%. Uh, be it something they're born with or maybe they have a more open mind or maybe a combination of both. Um, that being said, I could be totally wrong. <laughs> No, I agree with you. Uh I think 
We, I mean, we talked about this last week. We talk about it basically every week. Yes, Some we people do. have the sensitivity. I think people who are not sensitive or who sometimes are even just close-minded and are not observing their surroundings, mm-hmm. I think people could walk by ghosts, spirits, people living in other dimensions all the time. Yeah. Like the, It could be happening all around them and they just don't see it and aren't aware of it. But then there are people like you and like Gamby who wrote in last yeah. week who just have that sensitivity. They are so aware of their surroundings. They just come in contact and are able to see these happenings going on around you them. So what? I feel like if you've never had that sensitivity before, You're not gonna it's not like going to change gonna because develop. of your partner. You know what a movie makes a really good, does a really good job of explaining this is Stir of Echoes. Mm-hmm. Oh, when the guy is saying, it's almost like having a flashlight in a dark tunnel. Some people have a really good flashlight. And they can see very clearly because their flashlight works and it's bright and it's consistent. And some people have a flashlight that's dimmer than others. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it like goes on and off and flickers and they're not getting a good picture. Mm-hmm. And then some people don't have a flashlight at all. And they can't see anything. Right. And I think that's a really good way to describe it. So if that you don't a have way. a flashlight and you're with someone who, oh, well, that doesn't work. Because if, if you're with someone does, with a flashlight, you'd you be able to see everything. Um, I don't know. I mean, I hear that analogy, saying. but it's a good analogy for like being able to see the paranormal. And not to see. Yeah. I think it's a perfect analogy for that. And I think the flashlight theory actually could go if you're with a significant other because. In some ways, maybe they won't see exactly what the sensitive person is seeing, but they might hear a sound Mm -hmm. or, you know, get a chill up their spine and they'll almost have just a smaller reaction to whatever is happening to the sensitive person. So in a way, they are with the person with the bright flashlight and they're seeing maybe a glimpse because I feel like I've heard stories of people saying, like, I heard a weird bump in the night and I've never heard anything like that before, but my significant other seems to be... Attractive More attuned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, as someone who's witnessed what I believe to be paranormal activity for almost 30 years, there's really, there was only one time in my entire life that I felt unsafe and that I felt that whatever presence was in my space was malicious and insidious uh, and had a negative energy and it was scary as hell and it was something that I hope never happens again, but I'm also still here. Yeah, you didn't die. <laughs> Nothing happened to me at all. I think what you should worry about more so uh, in that situation, more than ghosts and ghoulies and and spirits, is just being respectful of something that you don't understand. Yeah. Um, I think that believing in and experiencing the paranormal and dating someone who maybe does not is a lot like dating someone who, say, believes in God when you don't. Mm -hmm. It can work. It has worked. It's doable. But you have to have respect for that person and enforce respect for that person with other people in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, say an atheist marries a Christian, there's going to be debate sometimes about that faith, mm-hmm. especially say like during rough times when a person like the Christian is questioning their faith or the atheist d- disagrees with the power of prayer or whatever the situation comes up, but it can and does work all the time. All you have to do is respect each other. And if you listen to her experiences with an open mind and you don't try and make her feel stupid or wrong and on top of that, make sure that others don't make you feel stupid or wrong. Right. Uh, just like you would if you were married to someone who's yeah, a Christian and your someone person. was an asshole to them. As long as she provides you with the same courtesy, everything will be fine. Yeah, I agree. I think putting your significant other down for having paranormal experiences is 
not okay. And that's where you run into a relationship issue and it needs to be talked about, addressed, and possibly the relationship should end in that situation. But if you're able to say, I don't fully understand this. This has never happened to me personally. I don't know that I fully grasp that world, but I respect you until the day I die and I believe what you're telling me and I'm ready to talk about it and debate it and love you through this and not tear you down for it. I think that is the perfect way to hold on to the relationship and just, mm-hmm. yeah, there has to, I mean, it not even regarding faith or paranormal belief, relationships just need mutual respect yeah. and trust in general. And if someone feels like they can't come to you with something they've experienced because they'll be made fun of or disrespected, that's not a relationship. That's no. toxic. And that's awful. That can't work. Um, and at the end of the day, if you love this person, I think just to give a very general closing answer on the question for me If you love this person and you're already saying my intention is to spend the rest of my life with this woman and I love her very much and she is my queen and my future wife, yada, yada, yada. I added that one in, but um, my future wife, my future partner, blah, blah, blah. If you are having those thoughts, I think this is something you can absolutely live with. It sounds like the love is strong and the relationship is strong. Hold on to that and don't make the paranormal thing a big factor. I don't Mm -hmm. think that needs to be on a checklist of yours. I think you know the strength of the love and it can endure. And Yes. The funny part about this question is that uh, it was submitted by Handsome Joe, my boyfriend. What? (laughs) I didn't know that. Just kidding. Um, I totally knew. He did submit it. And then uh, then I was like, can I say it's from you? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, he unprompted submitted a question when I said we were going to do this advice episode. He was like, I have a question. And I was like, oh, what is it? And they told me and I laughed really hard. No, I love Um, his questions so much. (laughs) But I sat down and talked to him about it and I asked if it was a concern he actually had or not in a way that's serious, like I have to get out of here. But he did admit that it was something that had crossed his mind. Sure. Um, He wants to know what he's in for. Yeah. He he doesn't want to experience paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. That's fair. He does not want to see ghosts. He does not want to feel anything, see anything, hear anything. And Joe is, okay, so Joe is present for almost all of the editing that I do on the podcast. And we have a shared computer, so he has access to all our files. So when I had him listen to the EVPs we caught at the Biltmore, and even the EVP we caught right here on our couch, like, he knew it was real. Mm -hmm. He knew that it wasn't a trick, and it genuinely unnerved him, especially the whisper from our apartment from the Father, Son, and Holy Kelly. Oh my gosh, that was scary. It it really bothered him. He was genuinely frightened Mm -hmm. uh, when that happened. He actively does not want to experience the paranormal, Mm -hmm. but I honestly don't think he will. I don't think so either. The fact that he doesn't want to and also never has makes me truly believe that he's not going to. I agree. <laughs> and didn't you say one time he like felt a chill down his spine and you said something along the lines of, oh, I see something over there. And he was like, oh, that's weird. I, yeah, there have been experiences something. where I've like stopped mid-sentence because I saw something in the apartment. And at the same time, he felt uneasy and he was like, don't tell me. Right, but that's the thing. He couldn't see anything. (laughs) He had a little bit of a chill or an uneasy feeling, but he didn't actually get to witness what you saw, and he just respectfully asks, please don't Don't tell me. Don't tell me me what you saw. That's the thing. You guys can live in harmony 
that way for the rest of your lives. And you don't even, obviously you stopped mid-sentence because you were having a reaction, but if for the most part you could just keep it to yourself and not yeah. freak him out, you guys are going to have a great well, relationship. Well, and he actually really loves hearing the stories that I have because yeah, he is well, interested. Different. Yeah, he's really interested. And in, in, like I said, he's he's never questioned me at all. Yeah. Um, never doubts you. He never doubts me. He never questions me. He's he believes me when I tell him the things that I've experienced or seen or felt or whatever, um, which works. And then I also don't pressure him into believing. Yeah. And he's never once on. looked at me and said like I don't believe in that stuff. But he's like I've never experienced it, and it's mm-hmm. like I totally understand how it would be completely like. Crazy for you. Right. Because you've never had any experience at all. For sure. And he's never once made me feel ridiculous for having experiences. So, yeah. I, honestly. You guys are on the right track. Yeah, we're fine. Uh, and <laughs> my uh, thing we're is, good. We're good. is that I don't care if you don't believe in the paranormal. Yeah. At all. Doesn't affect me no. whatsoever. Gives us less to talk about, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, not with jokes. Joe's very interesting. But I just mean as a person, if you came up to me and were like, oh, I don't believe in that and I'm not interested. Okay. It's like, okay, well, well I don't believe in sports. So. <laughs> I don't think that's basketball's two topics <laughs> we can't talk about. Right. Uh, but yeah, I want to say the same thing. Like, uh, just some relationship advice for anyone, no matter what you believe in. If you're ever in a relationship where your partner makes you feel stupid about anything, get the fuck out. I agree. Get out. It's not a good sign. You can goof around, call each other dummy, joke yeah, about a brain course. fart you had. Um, but if they try and degrade or devalue you over an opinion or an idea or a belief that you have, uh, get the fuck out. Yes. You can disagree. You can have arguments and debates and maybe in the heat of the moment say something nasty. But overall, in everyday life, do not settle for someone who doesn't believe in you 100%. No, and who will disrespect you and say what you believe is wrong. Yeah. I have a friend who is a very... I hate saying hardcore Christian because she's not, like, so intense that you can't be around her. Like, she's a good friend of mine. She's wonderful. But she is very strong in her faith, I should say. Um, That's a better way to label it. And her boyfriend is an agnostic. And they're struggling right now just because her faith is so important to her. Mm -hmm. She really wants to share that faith with him. It's not even that she thinks he's wrong or you know, like she looks down on him for it, but she's just struggling because she wants to share that with him. But he, on the other hand, want like thinks the relationship is perfect, thinks they could get married tomorrow because he loves and respects her so much that even though he's not sure what he believes and he has doubts and questions and is pretty sure that science has proven this and that wrong, he's still very much at her side when she wants to pray. And he'll even attend church with her because he loves her so much and wants to be there for her. And it's just like, even though they're struggling right now, and it's mostly on the girl's side, like I said, because she's not sure what she wants, I have loved watching this fight unfold, if that makes sense, because I feel like there's such a mutual respect yeah. on both sides. And I know this is getting off topic from paranormal, but I just thought, no, but it is, relationship-wise, yeah. there's such a good example of true respect and love and admiration for each other, and they disagree and they debate, but they're also, at the end of the day, like, but hey, I'm going to stand by your side while you do this, and I want to understand you better. And I, yeah, I just think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, it just, that's, it's just a relationship thing, you know? I, I love paranormal stuff. I love weird. I love supernatural. I love talking about it. It's not Joe's favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Joe's favorite thing is hockey. Yep. I hate hockey. My so, husband and Joe have that yeah, in common. Yeah, so... <laughs> 
But when he talks about hockey, I do my best to ask questions or uh, if he wants to watch a hockey game, you know, if we're not, if we don't have other plans, we'll watch a hockey game. And then the same goes for him. Like if I have an experience that what I'm telling about, or I find this like cool article on like a new Bigfoot sighting, he listens to that thing too. And will ask questions and like he involves himself. It's just about respecting each other. But to get back on track, because I think the question was, what am I in for? What am I in like? for? What am I getting myself into right. with someone who has like a lot of a magnet for paranormal? I Joe, don't you're fine. think. Yeah, you're fine. Joe, just, Joe, hey, you're Joe. fine. Hey, shut Joe, up, Joe. Here's the thing. Grow up. Shut okay? up, man. Um, just Get kidding. over it. We love you so much, but you're going to be fine. Yeah, so. you're fine. I really think, I don't think that people, I don't think that anyone is a magnet for activity like this. I yeah. think that people just. Have a better flashlight. Yes. That's have it. Have the better flashlight. And Joe is going to be just fine, go about his life with maybe a few chills on the back of his neck every yeah. now and then, which but he blind can attribute to. No flashlight. Yeah, but still blind as <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, I think you're fine. I mean, Alex and I got married, and Alex is even worse than Joe. He won't even listen to stories because he's too scared. Yeah, Alex is actually like. Like, like, legitimately scared. Like, I've played him some of our EVPs from both the hotel and the whisper that we caught in Ashley's apartment, and he begged me to turn them off because he was so uncomfortable. I remember and you listened to one, like, 30 times. He was like, hi, I'm, I am I have to go hey, to sleep I, now. I need, Can we stop? I need to go to bed. I'm going to have nightmares. Um, he's truly scared of everything, but we somehow make it work. But again, he never shoots me down for what I believe. He has a little bit of a fascination where he'll ask a few more questions and try to get some more information, but he never ends the conversation with, well, that's stupid. I don't believe a word you're saying. He just, he gets inquisitive and just wants to learn more and then usually shuts me up halfway through and says, you're scaring the bejesus out of me. (laughs) But yeah, we made it work. We're married and I respectfully listen to him when he talks about hockey and Star Wars and public transportation. He loves public transportation. He loves loves public public transportation transportation. more than he loves you. Oh, 100%. He will leave me for a train. (laughs) Probably for the expo line that goes to Santa Monica. (laughs) Oh my God, that's hilarious. God love him. God love him. (laughs) What a great advice episode. Round of applause to us, right? Am I right? We did really good. We're the best. We're the best. Just Go kidding. ahead. You can tell us. Yeah. Anytime. We're I didn't probably, fall asleep. She didn't fall asleep. I'm still I didn't pee my pants. I also have to pee. I know. I have to go real we'll bad. I chugged up. that okay, coffee. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Send us your question. I hope we... Oh, no. Oh, we've lost her. We almost <sighs> made it out alive. Um, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Uh, and... Unfortunately, next week, there will be no episode. What? No, no please. <laughs> I beg you, please. We're taking a week off. Uh, I'm heading to Boston, Woo. and I will be living, living. I'll be staying. No, not yet. Living. Bye. I'll be staying in Salem, Massachusetts. Spooky. So uh, keep an eye on our Facebook and Instagram next week uh, to see some of the weird stuff that I find on my travels. Join us the week after when we have our first Hometown Weirdos episode. We're going to have a guest from Michigan, and we're going to be chatting about all the weird happenings in that state, famous serial killers, paranormal activity, monsters, historic haunted locations, you name it. Um, So it's all about Michigan. Subscribe to our iTunes and rate our show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Keep It Weird Cast and our Facebook page Keep It Weird. And drum roll, please. 
That's you. I was thinking of how I was going to do it. I was like, tongue or hand? Um, head over to our Patreon page. It's finally ready. It's here. Remember in episode one where we told you about the Patreon? That was 20 weeks ago. It's real now. Um, it's real now. You can subscribe to Keep It Weird, and you can donate money to the show and get some goodies. Weekly newsletters, behind-the-scene pictures... Uh, and videos, and even bonus episodes and live feeds each what? month. Crazy stuff. Email keepitweirder at gmail.com if you have any personal stories or if you want to ask us questions for our next advice episode. We want to hear from you. And remember, if you have a weird problem, we're here to solve it in, in the, the weirdest way possible. possible. <laughs> <laughs>